Hey, welcome to Stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw. That be Briscoe, I'd be Bradshaw. And I want to tell you a little bit about our guest before we get started. Some guys talk about drawing money. This man drew money. When Crockett decided to run two shows, an A show and a B show, he took what he considered some of the top A guys. He took uh, Flair, he took Dusty, he took Magnum, and he took uh, one of the A groups and put them in Charlotte. Charlotte had not sold out since 1978 when it was Flair versus Mulligan on top with no one underneath the Rock and Roll Express sold out Charlotte Coliseum. That's the kind of money they drew. In Raleigh, North Carolina, the record was around $25,000. They run as a B show. They sell it out at 50. They said that record never be broke. Next time they're there, 54. Next time they're there, 70. This is, according to what he says, 99% of the Rock and Roll Express. This is Ricky Morton. Oh, oh no, Johnny. I just uh, just throw the dirt on me here, bud. Please. All right. Hey, uh, first of all, I want to say thank, uh, thank you guys for having me on your show today. Uh, I'm up here in these mountains. And I, and I got to tell you something, man. You know, uh, I know Jerry's on there. And I don't know how long him and his brother were wrestled as a tag team. But Robert and I have been together for 38 years together, and we still perform, Johnny. Unbelievable. What, yeah. what an incredible record to have for that long. You know, I'm, I'm best friends with uh, my tag team partner, Ron Simmons. I was also tagged with Barry, who I'm good friends with, and, and several others. But, you know, Ron's been my best friend since almost the first day I met him. But we didn't tag for that long. You know, we tagged for just like five or six years. You guys have had an incredible run. Yeah, well, and, and just a long time. But but you see, the reason, Johnny, you didn't have too much of a run because you kept beating the hell out of everybody. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, can I tell the story when I first met you? Yeah, of course please, you please do. Uh, play, oh, yes. Gerald, uh, I'm not a tough guy in the business. Never claim. I was just a worker. But sometimes you have to stand up for yourself in this business. So here's this kid. Crockett brought us out to uh, – that's when he went out, decided to go out to Texas and run some shows and hear me and Robert there. And you got Skander Arkbar and he's managing this kid, Johnny Hawk, great big guy in the ring. And by this time, he's just come out, I guess, playing pro football or college football. I don't know. And I'm in the ring with this guy and he gives me a tackle that absolutely just loosened every bone in my body. And I went down and I walked over to Robert and I says, Robert, uh, do me a favor here. He said, watch it. I said, pull this big SOB off me. <laughs> and man, I told John, I said, give me a turnbuckle. Come charging fast as you can. <laughs> he gave me a turnbuckle. He come, come his way. And I come right out of there and, hit him hard as I could right in the mouth. True. <laughs> sure. yeah. Now, listen to me. <laughs> Didn't even phase him a bit. I think I, I hurt his feelings because he <laughs> stopped, Gerald, and he goes, what did you do that for? <laughs> and I went, because I'm a stupid son of a bitch, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, was that a receipt? <laughs> uh, and I went. Yes, it is. I went and tagged and, and the match and the match yeah. had just started. He got a receipt. Yeah. And the match hadn't even started, basically yet, right? Yeah. Oh, it just started. But but then I ran and tagged Robert. <laughs> <laughs> he always had that. He always had that. True story. 
Yeah. You had that safety net. You had that safety net with Robert there. And Robert was a great safety net. But, uh, you know, uh, uh, that, that, that's part of the, the, the fun we have. We tell those, those, those stories in there, you know, and, uh, and, and Jay Bale was just starting. And, and, and you know, I, I watch him. Some of the guys we, we get on there, I mean, it's like me. I mean, uh, Stan Hansen, I mean, I don't care how many years I know Stan Hansen. Stan Hansen was, you know, I, I mark out for Stan Hansen because of yes. who he is, number one. There's just certain guys, you know, that 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 you mark off over. But uh, JBL growing up in, 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 in that uh, world-class era with you guys and all those other great superstars, to watch his expressions and, and watch his appreciation uh, for – for you guys, when you do humble us and come on our shows like this, uh, it's great to watch my partner there get humbled be, over heroes and watch him become a fan now. And that's basically what I'm getting to do, Ricky, is, is do this two hours, hour and a half, however long, long we go here, is become a fan all over with some of your exploits. And I've had a lot of history with you and your your partners and all that, especially your partner's brother, because I'm an old man, so it's kind of the generation right before you guys. But man, you 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 had to have some not only skill inside the ring, but in skill outside the ring to put up those Gibsons. <laughs> yes, we did. You know what? And you just mentioned that fellow's name, Stan Hansen. Uh I, I had the, the pleasure to go on tour with him a bunch of times in Japan. And then uh, when he came back, he, he went to WCW. And, and by that time, they was fading us out and stand. He had a lot of heat with the guys there. But see, he didn't understand that when I worked with him, I just go out fist fight him. You know, I'm not going to hurt him. <laughs> I just fist fight him. And he's going, oh, God, he, wow, what a great match. But they don't know I'm fighting for my damn life. Uh, and Stan don't know either. You know, it, especially when he shuts that one eye and, and peeks and comes with that clothesline like somebody else I know sitting out there. <laughs> Jesus. You like what him rock and sock them robots. Oh, you know, yeah. It goes way up and back down. But no, man. Being here and you guys talking, some of the I can't even express some of the greatest time, great times I had in this business with some of the boys. I absolutely, and I still do. I know you was talking about earlier about being, and I like watching the matches because this is the way I always work, especially when I was selling. Is if I can make the guy on the front row, or how about the person I'm working with? That he's really hurting me. Do you understand? And when you and and when you make that comeback, it's like you're doing it in real life. See, that's the way I try to teach at my school. But it's some, and I watch some of the guys, uh, and it's hard, especially when you're on the independent circuit, to find somebody to work with. <laughs> Holy shit, man! I, I'm, I'm telling you, it's a part about not understanding, but. But I'm 64 years old. I still love my business. I'm not here to impress anybody. I'm not here to do that. But if I had a guy that knew how to work, I could still go an hour with him. But now yeah. you don't. You know, they rent it. You know, nowadays at the start of the match, they want to shoot you out of a cannon, then you kick out on one. So I don't know. I'm just Rick, uh, Ricky, Ricky. Yeah, you follow follow me along because you 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 and I, I, I mean, we we have so much in common. I mean. 
you know, we like to pride ourselves in work. I mean, you know, they're, they're, but, you know, when you're working at our size, you know, so when, when, when you're out there and everybody's JBL size, you know, when you're on that other side of the ring, when you, when a guy's like me and you, everybody, yeah. everybody, everybody looks like JBL or Andre the Giant. Oh, yes. Well, you you got to go out there and not only do you have to convince those people that you you personally can pull up a legitimate fight against these guys, but you got to convince your opponent that you can pull up that fight and not make him come down anything but elevate him. And that's where the secret of selling it and the great baby faces of this business realize that you're right there with them, that, brother, it was the selling that got you over. And some of the great heels, I mean, we used to talk David. Dave Batista was a killer. Dave killed him. He's a baby face. A baby face ain't going to draw no money. I don't care how big a killer you are unless you know how to sell. Once Dave Wait, Batista sorry. learned that selling, Dave Batista became one of the best workers in our business. But but that 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 all evolved from, from that Ricky Morton style of doing business. Well, thank you, Jerry. I appreciate that. And, and, and like you were saying a while ago, we we talked about working and and working together but see that's something that you just can't find no more and that when somebody understands the business uh I, i'm around i'm still around see, see to me a good worker can work with anybody oh. and that's a good worker it's not about doing a damn canadian destroyer or a triple flip off the top rope it's just about going out there, entertaining the people, giving them what they want. And it's so it's still so easy to do. Uh, but let's but stop at Thinko. I had some some of the greatest people in the world to learn from. Gosh, almighty. At, you know, at that time, even the, your first match opening up, they were great workers. You didn't have bad workers because our business was so sacred. Our business was, uh, it was hard to get into. You, you know that you're, you're down in Florida and you get that shit beat out of you, man. If you... <laughs> hey, Rich, one, of the, one of the things you mentioned, what Jerry mentioned was about the big guys in the business. Uh, your uh -huh. first big break, of course, being put with uh, Robert, I guess Jerry Lawler did that when you were in the Blanchard territory. Yes. But then you went down to Louisiana to work for Bill Watts, and you were the first guys that weren't monsters there and the first guys that really got over there as that selling babyface tag team. What was that uh, transition like? Did Watts help get that transition for you to the boys? Because that was something new to them as well. well oh, yeah. yeah. Watts totaled that. But, you know, I, I'm like a squirrel. I'm going to jump from limb to limb to get back to this question. You know, at the time, you know, Robert and I were, were in Memphis. We were playing second fiddle to the fabulous ones. And and Jerry, you might have been there that night. That's what in Memphis they ran a big show because this is when Vince first started to go out and start running other people's territories. So Vern Gagne and Eddie Graham and all him got together to make a big show to run against Vince. I don't know if you guys remember this or not, but Bill Watts and all of them were there and, and they brought everybody in from the territory and they used Jerry Jarrett used us as an under, underneath team. And when the matches were over and this is really cool. And I never forget this. Bill Watts is fixing to retire 
and he wanted a booker that didn't work because where he wouldn't push himself. You know, and Bill, he's six foot nine, I guess. I don't know how big he was. And what was the funny story about that is when we did go to Louisiana, Abdullah was the top baby face. But to make this simple, after the show was over in Memphis, everybody's talking about what they're going to do. And I and never forget this. And man, what a compliment. Eddie Graham stood up. He said, I watched all the matches tonight and people that were going to use in your top territories. And then he pointed over. He said, these, see these two boys right here? They come to get over. He said that he, he was talking about me. He says, he sold for 20 minutes and never buried the referee or his partner. And right when he said that, Bill Watts, right after that meeting, Bill Watts came and grabbed me and told me the situation of what they're going to do. And, and, and the reason I'm saying that Abdullah was a top baby face, and you guys know how our business works, Abdullah was healed. Bill just uh, finished his angle with Abdullah. So he had to turn Abdullah baby face for the next hill to come in and beat Abdullah to work with Bill Watts. You see, that's the way that works. You know, guys know that. So, uh, but, and then he didn't want Bill Dundee. He was the booker. He didn't want him to work for he wouldn't push himself. <laughs> so <laughs> this is how it's been at the right place at the right time. And Bill and Bill Dundee put together some of the greatest stuff together ever imagined because and and it's a great compliment another one too johnny and and jerry if i I read bill watts's book one time because he never told me this and he sat in there he said i own my territory for 10 years he said i made more money in one year with the rock and roll express i made a whole other nine years out in my territory i thought that was pretty cool and, and Jerry Jarrett uh, gave his blessing for you to go, right? Said that you wouldn't, you weren't going to make it. How many people told me that in my lifetime? <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, my greatest one now is Ole Anderson. <laughs> now we hey, done Jerry's buddy. <laughs> yeah, huh? No, my buddy. Me. you know Ole. He, I don't think this son of a bitch even likes ice cream. You know, he's, he, he's against everything. And man, we shot an angle with him and Arn. Gosh, and I'm working with him and it's just, he don't want to sell. He, I mean, he, the comebacks and for him, he selling was great. And he couldn't understand how in the hell we selling out everywhere with us. I'm too small. So. This night, we're, we're going to hit the ring on them. With, we're in Hampton, Virginia. You know, the bicycle tape just showed there. And, and I promise you guys, it was packed. And my old saying, <laughs> saying, hanging from the rafters. But I hit the ring and only runs to the corner. And I've done hit him 700 times. And he's just rocking on the top rope. You hear me? So finally, I just stopped. I looked at him. I walked to the middle of the ring and I took a big old bump. Bam! And he goes, what the hell are you doing? I said, hell, you won't go down. I thought I would. So, <laughs> and then he looked at me and he goes, I don't know where to whoop your ass or shake your hand. <laughs> he goes, and then, after, <clears throat> then after that, he did it. I mean, he takes slams off the top rope for me. He do everything. 
but he made a lot of money on that run. I'm not shitting you. It was, uh, but that's how I got over with Oli. Well, that, like that's what guys. it was. That's what it was. Uh, as as you know, you you've been our size. Uh, you had to fight. You had to show them that you were going to fight them. I mean, you just couldn't oh. walk out there. I didn't care. You know, you're all American or or, or or you know a dishwasher. If 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 you weren't if you didn't meet that certain criteria, and Oli and Watts and some of those guys, they would eat your ass alive. So your only oh, choice was not to go out there and give them a fancy wrestling match. Was go out there and then just fight them. And just yes. get, no, no going, <laughs> have that mentality going to the ring. I'm going to a fight. I'm not yeah. going to a wrestling match. I'm going to a fight. And, and outsmart them. And Johnny and Jerry, this is a great one. When I was a kid in Memphis, do you gentlemen remember remember Killer Carl Krupp? Oh, yes. You remember him now? I'm in Memphis. This is route when I'm going up and, and I'm going over to match. And I guess he didn't want to put me over. So uh, I'm, I'm, I go to the ring with him and I'm working everything I touch. So oh, that's my sore arm. That's my sore arm. That's my sore leg, my sore back. So I just said, hell with it. I just started calling stuff. So, you know, long as he's doing it to me, it was cool. I, I went through every finish. I didn't give a damn. Kicked out on one on all of them. Finally, he gave me a turnbuckle. I moved. I scoobled him. One, two, three. And I was walking back to the dressing room and, and Jerry Jarrett was standing there, the owner. That's when Jerry spit in his cup. He's dipping. Jerry stopped me. He goes, uh, come here, fella. Krupp uh, didn't want to sell for you. Huh? I says, uh, I'll, and I didn't, I'm not one of the guys that knocked nobody. I says, oh, I don't know. We just had a little match. He said, oh, no, you didn't have a match. He said, he hits you with every finish in the world. You kicked out on one. You small packed him, got up and walked back from the ring. He said, hell, son, you sh- you need to be the world champion. You're the toughest son of a bitch I ever <laughs> seen in my life. <laughs> See, just outsmarted him. That's all. And that's happened on several occasions in the business. And you know that, Jerry, you know. And like you said earlier, I'm not a top, a tough guy. But when it gets to the point that somebody knows you'll fight them, they leave you alone. <laughs> you know, they just tired of whooping your ass, I guess. I don't know. But it's just uh, the that's way our the business. Key, that's the key to it, though. You just you just keep putting them on. You know, uh, Eddie Graham, and Eddie had so much influence on your career as he did on mine. But the philosophy yes. I get from Eddie on, on selling, you know, and stuff like that, I mean, I learned that right off the bat. You know, when guy my size, I mean, you know, everybody works for that pop, that comeback, that comeback. You yeah. know, I, you know, while you're selling, you can still have that pop. You can have, you can feel that pop inside as you're, if you're the one down selling, and you can feel those people getting to the right place. A lot of times it is your damn heel guy gets a little nervous with you. He's wanting you to, to do a little bit more, but it's not that time to do it. Because in your mind, you have that exact spot ready to go. And all he got to do is get, pick up your butt yeah. battle and come on, buddy. Yeah, you you learned that working with your brother. I mean, and working as with you Eddie, go, you know. it, Yeah, well, Eddie Graham's the one that, and see, I, I left a little bit out earlier because Eddie called me to the side. He said, son, I, I don't really know you this well. He said, but you could, he said, don't ever stop selling the way that you do you sell you don't die 
you, you do your thing. And see, that was my thing. When I get, when I go, even I said, dude, I don't do high spots. I sell and I give Robert a hot tag. <laughs> that's what we do. And that's, yeah. that's what made us money. That's what uh, put us where we're at. And, and it paid off over the years, you know, and like I was saying, Jerry, I still, I'm still very active in the business, even though I'm 64 years old. Uh, I'm not here, but when I go to these places and I tell these guys, I mean, the matches before us, what well, take, for instance, a guy asked me the other day, would you watch my match? I said, sure. So I watched it. Then I asked him, I said, did you watch the match before you? He says, no, I didn't. I said, well, hell, you had the same match. Y'all did the same shit. <laughs> same high spot, same time, the way you started off. Now, then I tell him, I says, now watch this right here. I'm going to go to the ring and watch my man. I'm going to show you how to get these people hollering for you without doing nothing, without me getting them to do it. It's just telling story. You know, it, 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 it takes years of experience to do that. You know that just like I do. It takes years of experience, but it takes the guys that you worked with through this business that taught you that. Oh, I was always willing. I had an open mind, an open mind to everybody. If you got something to say, let's, I, I mean, I want to hear it. Something for me to learn. And even after 46 years of wrestling, I still learn every day to still learn stuff in the ring. We had Steve Robert, on, uh, with us uh, a few weeks ago. And he's talking about the difference between movement and emotion. And that's the difference. Who's this? Steve Kern, Skinner. Oh, yeah. Uh, we had I Steve, Steve. on, and Steve was talking about the difference between today's wrestling, which, you know, I don't want to bash today's product because right now they don't have a crowd. I don't know how you do that. I mean, I, I've I've done commentary for some of these virtual shows. I, just, yes. I, don't, I don't know how I would be able to even perform without a crowd. So I give these guys credit. But there's a difference between movement and emotion. And that's where a lot of guys, when they're coming up, they're trying to learn movement and they're not trying to learn emotion. You know, they're trying to learn high spots. They're trying to learn, you know, a karate kata. They want to put their foot here, their, their step here, move the partner here, do a suplex here. But it's all about emotion. And that's what you brought to the business and why you made so much money. Well, <laughs> and that's true, Johnny, about emotions. But you see, it, even if it today, you know, I could sell one punch better than I can 37. <laughs> you, you, you see what I'm saying? And I watch today's TV show. If, when I'm working, I try to make it real. But if I work with these guys these days, you know, you got to carry me out in a gurney. I mean, you can, you cannot survive. It's not even realistic to get kicked in the head 37 times. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, I mean, watch. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't have the answers to shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but I know what people buy. And. And I know, and we were talking earlier, I have a wrestling school. I run a live YouTube show every Sunday. You know, I have 150,000 people watch it every Sunday. Uh, and that's pretty good to, from a wrestling school. But I I do it the, the way we used to do it. It's been several times that I did something at my school, and I have to go to my sponsor because I don't have commercials. I have to go to one of my sponsors on there. Because the damn marks at the rink, and uh, I don't, I just don't know. I mean, they believed in what I did, um, it, right. but it's different. But I don't know. I mean, the, our, our business has changed so much. 
But don't forget this. I changed with it, too. There you, you know, go. I, I changed with it, too. When you started in the business. Your dad was a referee, right? Paul Paul Morton? Is that right? Oh, yeah. He you know, he used to wrestle years ago, too, you know, in the, in the 50s and the 60s. And so you grew, up in, you grew up in the business. Yes, I grew up in the business. I sure did. Jerry, did you know my dad? I, uh, yeah, your dad ref one of my matches up in uh, either Dolphin or uh, uh, Memphis. I can't remember which one, but I remember. Gary's yeah. so old, he knew your dad's dad. But you know, <laughs> but you know what? Uh, and, 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 and thinking of this, you know, and you're talking, your brother, Jerry, and, and to me, a lot of people told me, said, Ricky Morton, in the 80s, you was the best, but you're the best baby face of you then, but no. There's another baby face that I learned from was by the name of Kid Lucas. And uh, did you know Kitty? And what a great and what a great worker to the underrated. Yeah, right. Work. It's crazy. But I never forget this. And and this is see, and this is the part I'm talking about working, guys. I watched him work your brother for the world title in uh, Pensacola, Florida. I was just a kid at the time, and and I, and Kitty's finish was a sleeper and holy shit what a match they were having and see when the world champion comes in to wrestle you that top baby face he makes that whole building think that ken lucas is fixing to beat him i'm watching this i'm going holy shit and then kenny's finish was a sleeper when he hit when he when he got jerry that sleeper the whole roof come off the building. He went down, he went down, he went down. And right when they both go down, he reaches up and puts his foot on the ropes and leans back and the referee counts out Ken Lucas's shoulders. Now, he taps Kenny on the top, he lets go. Jack's asleep. He's laying there asleep. Yeah. Ken Lucas <laughs> is the, is the uh, now people are going nuts. Greatest finish I ever seen in my life. And that's what people don't understand. You know, it's it's like working with you, Johnny. After a while, you know, we had a bunch of matches together down here. And you say, I never outpowered you. I never did none of that. I just outsmarted you. <laughs> you see? And uh, just that's what it, kind it of wasn't too it. hard to do at that time. <laughs> <laughs> you know what made me mad is you know what made me mad is Jerry was back then Ricky would smoke just a little bit. Uh, so I before the match, I'm getting I, I'm working with Ricky and Robert. So I'm all nervous. I'm getting all ready. I'm getting all warmed up. Ricky's over there just smoking a cigarette. <laughs> and just yeah. nothing. Didn't warm up, <laughs> done touch his toes. He, but I changed and, a lot, buddy. And I'm warmed yeah, up and he's not. Brands. <laughs> I, I changed a lot. You know, I don't change brands, quit, right? No, I quit smoking cigarettes 10 years ago. Oh, uh, good for you, Ricky. And, you know, and don't get me wrong. I'm not ashamed of anything I did. You know, I smoked pot for a while, but then I got pulled over one night smoking a joint. And, and I, I rolled my window down. And I asked the police officer, I says, was I speeding? He said, no, fella, you're doing seven miles an hour down the interstate. So uh, <laughs> after that, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But no, I uh, I didn't change my life because I had to. I changed it because I wanted to. Uh, guys, I, I'm 64 years old. I'm in the gym every morning. I'm not a bodybuilder, but I do a lot of cardio. 
I do a lot of, you know, I work out and I enjoy myself uh, by feeling better. You know, I, I look back at some of my demons I had in my life. And but let me tell you, I had a lot of them. I don't think I went to bed for five years. So, <laughs> and, 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 but all that's gone. Uh, I enjoy what I do. I have, you know, like, and I'm getting back, you know, yes, my dad. Was oh, wait there, a minute, so. Rick. Wait a minute, Rick. I'm going to jump in. Damn, uh, four or five years ago, I was in LA with you. You changed your life maybe in four or five in, in LA. I was in LA with you. Hell, we, we, we met up with each other. In a matter of hour, we got thrown out of a pot dispensary. We got thrown out of a massage parlor. We got and you changed your life. Where the hell did I miss on how you changed? Hey, I know. Hey, and listen to me. This is about that was about nine years ago. Time oh, goes wow. by quick. Because me and you, we went to a damn concert. We're backstage. <laughs> yeah, some guy, one of the KISS players were playing. Remember that? Yeah. And uh we got we got there. Now, this is what happened. We did an autograph <laughs> session. We went and got drunk. We went and got a, a to a pot place. Then we got went to a out. concert. Then we got drunk. And then we uh, you know, we got kicked out of that son of a bitch. And then we went <laughs> somewhere else. And I hey, all in a matter of eight hours. <laughs> we did that. <laughs> that was a good time. But hey, uh, yeah, one I can remember. I want to yes. ask, I saw an interview you did, I think it was with uh, Hannibal, uh, Hannibal TV, and you were talking about riding <laughs> with the Sheik and the Freebirds at the second oh, time. Yes. You were talking yes. about Columbus, Georgia. That had to be the craziest car of all time. Oh, buddy, I'm a, we're going to do TV in uh, Columbus, Georgia. You know, and you go to that interstate, they got a big sign there going. Uh you know, they're stopping people for drugs. And Michael Hayes has got a big old bag of pot. And Jimmy Garvin does, too. They're in the front seat, and I'm in the back with the Sheik. And uh, they say, oh, gosh, Sheik, get rid of this. So Sheik takes it, rolls the window down, but he don't throw it out, puts it in his pocket. Right? So uh, we just say it. They was just off an exit. We didn't get off there. And Michael Hayes and Jimmy Garvin is going, damn, I wish we went and threw our pot out. So Sheik pulls it out, and they say, uh, "Oh, thank you, Sheik." He's like, huh, "Thank you. This belongs to Sheik now. Y'all threw your <laughs> shit." <laughs> he said, "Sheik, take the problem. You know, Sheik, take the heat. If we pull over, Sheik's pot." And, uh, <laughs> hey, tell me about Cos. I love Cos. Tell me about uh, Terry Taylor punching the Sheik. I, I saw you say that on some interview. That was hilarious. And then the Sheik showing up waiting for him. Oh my God. That was uh, Sheik is Sheik is awesome. Yeah, I love the Sheik too. He's my friend. You know, they're drinking. We're all in a bar. Uh in Atlanta, I think we're over that damn Ramada Inn that we used to stay at there years ago over by the airport because we're the Omni next day. They wouldn't let and, us uh, anywhere else. Oh, I know it. So uh they get into it about something and uh Boy, Terry Taylor hits that sheik, bam, and knocks him down. But Terry takes off. He's smart. <laughs> you hear me? He's smart. He takes off. So now I go into Omni, and I get there early because uh, I've got no – I had a meeting with Dusty. We're, I'm, I'm in the angle with Flair, and uh, 
we're talking over some stuff. So I get there early and damn sheets back there and he's dressing his shooting shit. <laughs> you know, you know how the sheik is. He's dressing his shooting shit. He's working out and I, I can hear him and, and I'm going, you know, I said, Taz, what's wrong with you? Terry Taylor here yet? But I was there. I says, oh man, he can't. No, no, cause man, that boy, he's going on and on. And, uh, I had to smarten up, Dusty, <laughs> you know, because I didn't – we're the boys. You hear I me? Mean? I just didn't want nothing like that to happen. So, uh, I mean, they all got it and took care of it. But what's funny is now Sheik's got to work, so he changes back. You know, if Sheik's winning, he wears his shooting shit. But if he's not winning, he changes to something else. Did you ever notice that about it? Yeah, it's jabroni stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, jabroni. Jabroni was. <laughs> this is my jabroni off. <laughs> but I, I absolutely loved him. I've seen a lot of stuff like that, man. And oh my goodness, just in thinking those dressing, back, those dressing room days, Ricky, are a lot of things that are, are missing in today's world too. And not only our business, but in football and basketball and everything else, because dressing rooms were just totally different. They were played different. You know, and you had your alpha people and you had your 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 beta people, but you know, you knew who those alpha guys were and you 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 knew you knew to get along with them in the locker room. And uh, Sheik, Sheik, uh, Sheik was a guy that everybody kind of, you know, Sheik would, and they knew Sheik's level. They kind of let Sheik uh, go, and then they, you know, until he'd start getting really pissed off. But once he got pissed off, you'd see guys retreating out of the dressing room faster and how because you had to know that about Cos when he when he was ready to go. Yes, and and it's like that. You and you talking about Jerry? That's a good thing you brought up there is the dressing room. The dressing room used to be the most sacred place in the world. This is where the boys could be them. And you know that just like I do. You know, it's when you come in and dress, you got your own place. I mean, if you're sitting there naked, it don't matter. If you're sitting there doing anything, it don't matter. You know, I've seen that, you know, if you because that was our place. Nowadays, the dressing room, holy shit. You know, I'll come in, and you got to know something about my partner, Robert Gibson. Uh, the difference between me and Robert is I walk up, put it in, he puts it in and walks up. Okay. <laughs> so I'll be in the dressing room, and these people, guys sitting there, I say, man, there's this girl here. Oh, it's my girlfriend. Your girlfriend? What do you have her in the dressing room for? Wow, but you know, they kind of bow up at you. All right. I tell Robert, I said, Robert, you fix that dress and you take your clothes off and walk around. <laughs> you understand me? Uh, hanging out around his knees. Oh, they, they run their girlfriends out quick. <laughs> Just, <laughs> but it, it's, uh, <coughs> I just can't believe our, our business has changed over the years. You know, nobody was allowed in the dressing room. Nobody. You finish it. You know, and that's a good thing I liked, too, because, uh, you know, we the guys need to learn this sometimes, too, is to go out and have a match without rehearsing it. I think you can learn a lot better that way. I, I, like I said, I, no, I don't have the, the authority to say so or not say so. 
but it it, it taught me because and and Dusty did this in Charlotte because at that time was when Dave Meltzer was coming out and all this stuff. He uh, you didn't get your finish to you is going to the rink most of the time, and I like that, you know. And he didn't have to say. We're gonna do that, but how you do? You know, they say, uh, "Morton, y'all going over," or they, you know, or you say the hills are going over. So they'd say, and I really—that was a time in the business that taught me a lot. Watching some of these hills work, and I got to say, after I made friends with Oli, you know, Oli was—he could tell a good story. You know, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed to watch how people perform you know rick flair i i I was had the great opportunity of doing an angle with rick and guys let me tell you when you're a baby face and you wrestle rick flair in charlotte north carolina or you you wrestle rick flair in philadelphia now philadelphia they hate everybody that's the biggest hill town i've ever seen in my life but I wanted to tell you this. I mean, to understand about working and telling stories, because we did it in Charlotte, but we did it again, and it really got bad in Philly. Uh, how Rick did this? I went, I went to the ring, and you know how Philadelphia, boy, I'm called everything in the world. They throwing shit at me, not top baby fence. Okay. Here come they play Flair's music. Here he comes. The people are going crazy. Tommy Young walks up to me and says, Y'all going an hour tonight, which is we did every night. If you, if Rick, if you weren't with him, if you didn't go an hour, you went 58 minutes anyway. You know, he, I, I liked him like that. I, I, and I, that's what made me just cling on to him because he gave the people their money's worth. He went 58 minutes if you went going an hour. But we're having our match, and, and I'm swear to you, I, 10 minutes in the match, Rick has done started, he done turn half the people in the building. 15 minutes in the match. Holy shit. Now I'm a dead stone baby face. The crowd has pushed the guardrails all the way to the ring. They're coming through the ropes. I'm have to take bumps and to knock them off the side of the ring. Okay, here comes Rob. Robert sees it, and, and Arn Anderson, they come down. Now, this is 20 minutes in the match, and Ricky goes, he said, dude, he said, you're going to have to use something, get these people's attention when I throw you over the top rope. He said, this moment, so I throw you over the top, do the thing, go up the top rope. That way, the people will be watching you. And him and Arn Anderson jumped out of the ring, went out the side door. Because they honestly were going to kill them, and see that's to me. Have you have? When's the last time you seen something like that, Jerry? Yeah. When's the last yeah. time you and, and tell me? When's the last time you seen something like that? That's 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 when you're in the back and you're getting those goosebumps from the guys that you're admiring out there in the ring, and then uh, yes, you know, and, and that's then, a Ricky Morton sell. I mean, you know, you think yes, back at Ricky Morton and post Ricky, it was Jack was like and Jack. You know, you know, you know the Jack's matching orders when 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 he was NWA champ, he had the only champ ever that was issued uh, 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 an edict or whatever they call it, them things by the president Tam Much. That's the only champion that never was allowed to get juice. 
Yes. They were always afraid to get juice on Jack because of what would happen in the riot and the legality part of it. They yes. said Jack could sell it. If you want to get over, just follow Jack will get you over by selling. Just let him do his selling stuff. He don't have to yes. get from one place or another. Uh, but that took it to a different level. That was a different time frame for Jack, you yes. know, for, for our business. So the next 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 level, of course, you're going to have to go for the color and everything else because you're not going to top that 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 working uh, yes. ability that, that they gave. And that, 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 that's what you brought out, out in those fans. Yeah, I, I, it, I just like to see that some other time. You know, I like to – and what we're getting back to is – and all this was done in the rink. It's not rehearsed. Yeah. And some of the guys these days, they don't get me wrong, what athletes, what great performers that they are, but they need a, lot, a lesson on psychology in the ring. They need to learn that a little bit more and uh, everything. All right, Johnny, I, I don't know where to, how the hell we got there, but <laughs> we are. Well, but, uh, but tell oh, us this. Well, it's, look, it's, you know, one other thing people don't realize is, you guys, I'm talking about guys like you, Ricky, uh, saved a lot of heels from getting their ass whooped, stabbed, shot, everything. Because when a heel would get stuck in the ring, the, the guy, people you'd want to send is the baby faces back. You know, you yeah. get the Von Eric boys in, in the sportatorium, you know, several times, Kerry would say, hey, let me handle this my way. And you're like, thank God. Yeah. I'm going to get stabbed from these marks. Yes. And, and you don't. And really – and I, you know, I wasn't a company guy, but I, I, I knew I had common sense. I didn't want the heels to hit the, to hit the, uh, I'll be mean the crowd to, or the heels to hit them, because that you know you lose your heat when you do that. And we, they had, you know, I watched Jimmy Cornette get his ass whipped so many times that he, I mean, he didn't literally learn how to be a good fighter, but by God, he'd fight you, you know, because he, I mean, I'm not kidding you. Guys that are fighting, you know, and I love, you know, we did the thing, the Puma, uh, you know, Dusty was smart and Bill Watts because when we went into Louisiana, we worked with uh, Barry Dorso and Nikolai Vokov. They were the Russians there. And we did the same thing when we went into uh, North Carolina with Ivan and Barry Dorso and Nikita. But the All-American thing against the Russians, and it's during the time. Holy shit. Me, I mean, the fighting, the, the rights. You know, and me, I sell. I take a bump and have that one eye open. <laughs> God, I see some great fights. Great <laughs> battles. And some of the craziest stuff in the world. Jimmy Cornette, uh, you know, he had that tennis racket. And he, he had one that was loaded. He bring two out most of the time. One of them's loaded, and one of them wasn't because he uses one with the heat. And uh, we're selling out on the floor. Dennis, Jimmy, Jimmy had laid the loaded one on the side of the ring. Dennis grabs it, hits me across the back with that son of a bitch. <laughs> Not every breath in me, Cornet screaming, going, "That's the loaded racket! That's the loaded racket for the marks!" But it's, yeah, it's. It's great. I could tell, uh, it, especially in New Orleans for Bill Watts. We used to wrestle in the old auditorium downtown. And when I was selling and the people got quiet, you hear me? I mean, they're rocking. And all of a sudden, you could hear 
a pinfall, watch out. Here they come. And they're coming too, buddy. Don't think you're not. So I mean, that, it's that's hard. what we talk about so much on on this show, Ricky. And you're hitting here. You're hitting it. You know, when you hear that silence, you know, you know where that silence is, and you know where it's yes. coming from. And yes. you know, both of you in the ring better be watch out, right? Yeah. You know, the worst ass whooping that I ever got in my life was me, Michael Hayes, and Terry Gordy. And I had to help Michael. And the reason I got my, you, you can't fight 30 people. We had a damn right with them. And, and here I am a dead selling. And when you got, when you're fighting 30 people, I had to come up and help them fight. We fought all the way back to the dressing room. Look here. Every one of us got black eyes, <laughs> knots on her heads. And, and, and we got, we're fighting in Michael Hayes and, He's got somebody in a front face lock, and I'm screaming at him, let that son of a bitch go. Quit holding him, man. You got to stick and move. Go. And uh, <laughs> we got back. The whole riot people come in. But you said earlier is, was helping them. Well, if I didn't help them, and it wasn't me either, it just gave the people more opportunity. You know, it's 30 people. You got you got to do something. I mean, I can't just lay there and let them get, get killed. What an ass. I always tell Michael Hayes that. So I hate you, man. I got an ass whooping because of you. <laughs> yeah, you know how many ass whoopings did you get because of that free bird? We yeah, tell oh, Michael yeah. that all the time. We, we hate him. Oh, yeah. I hate you, Michael Hayes. <laughs> no, I love Michael. <laughs> well, well, you know I do. I'm God, I grew up with it. You know, we, you see, no it's a factor in the business. Michael. We all grew up together. Me, Terry, Michael. Uh, Bobby Eden, <laughs> Stan Lane, all of us. We just we all grew up in the business together. And first first ride I was in the sportatorium. I'm coming back out of the ring. We I think we left the Vonerics or something laying, and some fan hits Killer Tim Brooks across the face with a whiskey bottle. I mean, right across the face. Oh yeah. And Killer doesn't blink. He almost kills the guy. And Murdoch says, "Polly and kid," and we're Polly and we start fighting. We fight our way all the way back to the dressing room. We're all busted open and bloody. Killer's got stitches he needs all down his face. And Murdoch looks at me and goes, "Good heat, kid." I'm like, "What in the world just happened?" The old heels, God, the old heels just lived for that man. It was, it was just something you just you want to get them there. You're the you wanted that feeling. Life. You wanted to know how it felt. Oh, yeah, yes. Right. And, but it, sometimes it's a bad situation. But I'm going back to what you asked me earlier, because you mentioned Dick Murdoch. You know, like you said, in Charlotte, we had the A team and the B team. Well, Dick Murdoch, they put Dick on the B team, our team. So I, this is the greatest line I've ever heard in my life. We're in the dressing room. We're at a big show. and. Him and D Dusty asked him, says, all right, Dickie, you ready to come back to the A-team? He goes, well, hell no. The B-team makes more money. <laughs> and I, 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 lost my, I lost my mind when he said that. Uh, Dickie was, what a worker, man. And we're talking about Dick Murdoch. I know he's, I, I loved Dickie. He was so funny. It, it, did you ever see him do his Three Stooges act? Oh yeah, uh, uh, absolutely. And then you're right in the middle of the selling, and, and, and you know, and he, you do, you, he make you, you know, keep, keep the baby face from dry, 
from dying and he had start going to that three stooges shit and it's all I can do to keep from dying. <laughs> Cornette <laughs> says that Dick Murdoch is to wrestling what a trick shot artist is to pull. He, oh, gets, yeah. <laughs> he gets there, but he gets there in a way you can't believe. Oh, gosh. I tagged just... with Murdoch and Murdoch would tell me every single night, hey, kid, go ahead and start. When it turns to shit, tag me in. I'll straighten it out. Oh yeah! Oh, he told he he was in a six man tag with us one night. He goes, "All right, guys, y'all go in and start to do that fake shit, and I'll come and do the real shit." <laughs> <laughs> the same exact way, man. I God, I miss some of my friends in this business so much, you know. And Jay, John, it's I know you do too, and I know uh, Jerry does too. We we lost a lot of good people in this business, and. And my friends, you know, Joe, Joe Laurinaitis is. Oh, Joe, yeah. Even be, being the big, tough road warrior guy, if the people really knew Joe, he, is, he, was, he had the biggest heart of anybody I ever known. And my birthday is September 21st. Joe called me on my birthday. And I'm not going here to be a sad thing, but he called me on my birthday to wish me a happy birthday and on the 22nd it's his anniversary, you know, and I'm messing with him. Uh, I, you know, I'm telling him, uh, he wished me happy birthday and, he, and I'm telling him, well, it might be your anniversary, but you ain't getting none. <laughs> you know, we're, we're going back and forth. Cause he's my friend. I love him. And when he hung the phone up, he told me, Ricky Morton, don't you tell nobody, but I love you. <laughs> and then he says, and I promise you, I'm going to get me some tomorrow night. And I see you this Saturday in Jackson, Tennessee, because that's what they was having that big show. And Joe died in his wife's arms. And I'm crying. Wait a minute. Okay. <laughs> Wait a minute. Well, Ricky, just, Ricky, I, uh, I know. I, uh, Joe was Joe was great about Jesus that. Rick Christ, man. I, Never Rick, cried Ricky, on uh, Joe would call me. My birthday's on the nineteenth of September, and Jackson's oh. on the twenty-first of September. Yeah, and and so, uh, so okay. uh, Joe and I. Mine's the twenty-first of September. You know, yeah, and, and uh, so uh, Joe and I uh, go way back to calling each other. You know, and so uh, on my birthday on the nineteenth, uh, I got I got a phone call from him, and then you probably just like I did from Kim got a text message, which I call was like, would you record a, a video for Joe? And yes, I, I did. I, I, did. I was just planning on calling him you know, for the, the next day. Yes, I did. God and almighty. I, and, and I still uh, got that message. That was so sad. I, I got, I'm like, you. I got teared up today and thinking about it. Jesus Christ guys. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, Ricky, hey, Ricky, I, just, you know, it meant so much to me. The book, the, and even you guys, I hadn't seen you guys in a long time, but seeing me, you, you, we, we were, the, we were the boys. You understand me? And you don't have that no more. You, you don't have that. They don't care about each other. And, and I do, I still care. And, uh, well, you're you know, Scott Norton, I mean, I seen see Scott Norton, other. Other, I seen Scott Norton not long ago. And he told me, he says, Ricky, I've known you for years. He says, you're the nicest son of a bitch I ever met in my life. I says, no, I just love the boys. And that's all. I don't have heat. If I got heat with you, I'll, I'll make it up to you. Even it's not my fault. <laughs> you know, I just, I just, in a business that I fell in love with, a business that I still love today. And, uh, and it's hard to walk away. 
Do you know that, Jerry? It's hard to wake I don't have Brother, those I'm jobs. I'm pushing 75 years old, and I still can't walk away. That big-ass Texan there uh, sitting next to us won't let me walk away. And I, you know, yeah. But I love the damn business too much. Me you know, too. It's, it's what I am. It's what I became. You know, and I, I mean, I, I don't define my life by being a wrestler. I define yes. it by being Ricky Morton's friend, by being John Layfield's friend. By even even being able to get along with that damn Ole Anderson, you know. Oh I mean, yes, and I did. I, after Wog had along with him, but but yeah, I, I never uh, had a job with the big company after WCW. You know, I never had that. But I still, that's why I still wrestled. I, I just love the business, and I I love doing it. And, and, and to tell you the truth, Chad, I went. I know the COVID virus hit it shut down and you was talking earlier about performing in front of no crowd. Oh yeah. Because when you always worked in the business of feeding off the crowd, selling, damn, it's hard. Especially when you're 64 years old and somebody slams you with no building, you feel like one of the cartoons that's broken. I'm missing a million pieces and you just wait for somebody to come and sweep you out of the ring. But, uh, it's hard to walk away from something. That's that's one of the reasons we do this show. Uh, Jerry and I just <laughs> really? Thank you. This is I, how we do it. We, we got together. We said, you know, this is like riding in the car together with, with guys after matches. This is fun yeah. to us. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what this is. I don't know if it's a podcast. If I have no idea. I don't yeah. care. It's, just, it's yeah. fun. It's this guy told me the other day, you know, he told me, he says, uh, you know, because, you know, you heard that old saying, if, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Well, that's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> but but I love my business. So, OK. <laughs> Ricky, when you were back, say, around 86 and, and uh, Robert got hurt uh, for a while and you had that great run with uh, the nature boy, Ric Flair. And they're talking about maybe you being the next guy. You know, OK. Talk, did, did you ever really consider leaving rock and roll express and going on that singles run that so many people were talking about at the time. Okay. Now I'm, I'm going to tell you the story because what you're saying, it didn't work that way. Okay. Now, when I did the angle with flair, they were grooming Magnum TA to be the world heavyweight champion. They were Magnum had a car wreck paralyzed. Well, at that time, they didn't have nobody to work with. You know, they was grooming Magnum and all this stuff. And boy, me and Robert were hotter than the $2 pistol. You see what I'm saying? And and, and it's like me, you know. And, and I say this, you know, because Dusty, he liked me. He, he'd call me down to the office because he told me as being a booker, it's hard Sometimes, because a lot of guys think the booker pushes himself, but what I got in my mind, I don't have nobody that can do that. He said, Ricky Morton, you could do that. He says, what I want, you produce is what I want. And he said, I want you to have this run with Flair to go on. But then, boy, we did this angle with Flair. Holy shit, dude. I mean, I remember the first time we were going to Charlotte, you know, five minutes, the building was sold out. And they moved it out on the football field, that stadium over by the old building. Uh, I mean, God, I mean, it's 30,000 people. Yes. We, we had the big stadium. We yeah. did, we did 30,000 people uh, uh, off that angle. And yes, they did. They did talk to me about it, but I started this with Robert Gibson and, uh, 
I was going to end it with him because if they would have turned, if I would have turned, you know, away from him, he'd never, you know, it, it, he wouldn't have a job because they were going to get rid of him. The reason they're going to get rid of him because he had to let people beat him that I'm going to beat, you know, while I'm doing this. And then to go through another part of this right here, when Robert got hurt, Johnny, that's when they turned me heel. And the reason they turned me heel, and I've never even told nobody this before, and I, but the reason they turned me heel is because uh, they wanted to team me and Brad Armstrong up to be the new Rock and Roll Express. And I love Brad. I even named my son after Brad. I got a son named Brad. I loved him, uh, but I couldn't do that. Uh, and after 38 years, me and Robert's been together ever since. You know, I've been with him longer than my wife, and damn, I hate her too. But <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, it's just hey, you don't have to worry. Nobody watches this, so you don't have to worry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, it's not like that. You, you know, young you, John, you know my wife, Andrew. You met her yeah, several yeah. times. But it's so, just cool, so Ricky, man. after all these years, after all these years, you, you put together all this, this this impressive portfolio and everything. You're still giving back to the business. Explain to us a little bit about how your operation works and where exactly the hell are you? you okay. So, it, so uh, I don't even think it's on Google Maps where they can find it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like the field of dreams, build it and that come. And it did. Uh, I never made big money in this business, but what I, you know, except 86, I did, but damn, you know, after all these years, but I wanted to rest the school and, and, and I found a little building in Chucky, Tennessee. Now you guys got to understand they but two buildings in Chucky, Tennessee, and both of them are empty. Hadn't been, and I found this old building. I talked to the guy about renting it. I said, man, I want to rent this corner right here of this building. And he said, ain't nobody been here. Thir-. And he, get, he he shot me this price. I said, I said, you got to be shitting me. He, I said, what I do is I'll pay you this month and I'll clean this damn place up. <laughs> so a homemade ring, a 14 by 14. You guys know Chase Owens? Yeah. He's one of the Bullet Club in, in, in Japan. Chase is one of my first students. Uh I did that, and as time went on, it progressed. I tore walls down. I afforded, I could afford me a big ring. I bought one. Got bigger, tore this down, this wall down. Now I have three great big rings, one on the trailer, two. I built this into, because uh, in my mind, you know, it was going to be just a training school but I'm watching all this talent come in and, 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 and to be a real wrestling school, you, you have to teach more than just wrestling. Uh, at my school, I learned, I teach you production. I have one of the best commentators that it, he's just a natural. His name's Matt and he, he's there, but he teaches that. I don't have different people coming out talking. I wasn't the greatest guy on interviews. But the way I did an interview, I always talked from my heart. Like if I was wrestling the heel, I never told you I was going to beat the heel. Never told you I was going to beat your ass. I never told you this. 
I'm always the underdog. And if you go back and watch the things that I did with Flair, it's like he'd always push me back into the corner. And you ever seen a wild animal in the corner? Yeah, he'd come out there biting your ass. So that's the way I tried to do this. But my school, it's in Chucky, Tennessee. And if anybody's familiar with East Tennessee, uh, you have the Tri-Cities, Keysport, Bristol, and Johnson City. But about 20 miles south of Johnson City is a little town but green we'll call Chucky, Tennessee. Uh, on Sundays, because I run a live YouTube show, sometimes I have 60 to 70 people show up to be on TV. What's the name Since of the I, channel? Huh? The name of the YouTube channel? School of Morton. School of Morton. School of Morton YouTube. I come on live at 5.05 every Sunday. And if you guys, please, I mean, I'm not trying, but i like for you to watch it. Just to tell me, because I do old school. I get the heat on the hills, always. Before the pandemic, we ran town. But just right now, off of the YouTube show, uh, we're fixing, I have booked at least 30 shows. So people contacted me for all these fairs up through here. You know, they're bought shows. I even did a show, and we even got one coming up in Panama City. Bought show. It's all bought. Uh, and it's really cool. And it gives these guys, because some of them has got about as much business bid in a ring as me flying a space shuttle. But, but they still have that dream. And uh, a lot of kids, I... And I'm going to tell you one, this is what really, really got me is uh, I had a kid come to me that had cerebral palsy and he wanted to join the school. His mama is behind him while I'm talking to him and she's going, no, no, no. And I'm watching him, but I'm watching her. And I told him, I said, you want to join my school, buddy? He said, yeah. I said, okay, you come. Now, it's not a part about maybe he you know he was bullied in school. He, he was about in eighth grade when he came. He was bullied in school. He didn't want to go to school. He's big and fat. But this is what we did. And it wasn't me. It's because of what he had inside of him. This kid off the walk watching me, and I, you know. You know, I always told him, never be afraid to be afraid. Just go do it. And out of that, he became the valid Victorian of his high school. Okay. He got into acting at his school. He got a four-year scholarship to ETSU and acting. Now, the best part about it is he lost like 50 pounds. He became a good-looking kid, and he got his first taste of a little nookie, <laughs> and his whole damn life changed. And I'm just telling you the truth. He's a good-looking guy. He's very successful in a lot of things that he's done. But, see, that's just one story. That it's not, Sometimes it's not about wrestling. Sometimes it's not about that. But, but I have a lot of people, guys. If you get a chance, just watch it. Uh, I have the real, uh, you know, and they had the a Jungle Boy hit in AEW, but I have the real Jungle Boy. He's been with me since he's been seven years old, and he's been the Jungle Boy. Now he's 15 <laughs> years old, and I'm telling you, man, he's 
Is that yeah? And, and plus, Jerry, let me. I, I was going to ask you this earlier, and I know I've changed. Where's your son? I had not seen him in a while. Uh, Wes is uh, he's he, matter of fact, he was out at an organization out in Texas uh, this past Saturday. Southwest, uh, Teddy Long and Mark Henry and all those guys. Yeah, okay. Finding their way out to. He was out there. He, 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 yeah, because I, I have a son. Uh, my youngest son, Kerry, he's twenty. Uh, he was like me with my dad. He went with me everywhere. He's just a natural in the business, but. I, you know, I have a lot of people calling me, companies calling me, but he got a four-year scholarship to college, and uh, he works on the weekends. God, I mean, he's in Texas. He flies to Texas. Well, I know he's uh, he's going to Jersey with me this weekend and, and this and that, but it, to me, I'm, and I'm trying to tell him this, we're going to get your education before we do anything, there before you before you decide to do anything, you're going to get your education because your time will come. See, in our business, to me, you had, it's not about this or that or the other. It's about being at the right place at the right damn time. When you're at the right place at the right time, and, and then when somebody asks you something, you don't give them that word that I hate to hear off is, huh? <laughs> yeah, huh? No, I don't want to hear, huh? I want to hear you're, you're prepared to do it. And by that time, he will be prepared. You know, it's, it's, it's our business has been at the right place at the right time. And somebody sees something that you're like, good kid, good worker, but he's going to get his education before we do anything. Because if I would have had my education, a lot of the things in this business that I blame promoters for was my own damn fault because I wasn't educated enough to know it. And I'm telling you the truth. And, I, and since I've been off, Guys, it's everybody been off. I went back to school. Uh, still got to work on this country slang I got, but uh, I went back. I went back. To never, school. never lose that country swing. That's Ricky Morton, and we know him. Yeah. And Ricky, Ricky, I mean, this has been this has been more than what we expected. This has just been off the charts great. And uh, you know, you 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 you, you tell you you're coaching the guy. And he said, uh-huh, I hate that too. But the second yeah. thing I hate the most is I know. Yeah. Well, damn, yes, if you know, know. <laughs> why in the hell am I telling you that then? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I know. Ricky, you don't know. Before, before, before we let you, you, you get off here, I know, we, I know we're running out of time. I want to ask you a couple questions. Uh, they're sure. Not, they're not trick questions, but they're thought, they're thought questions. Yeah. You worked with Cornette. You worked with Skandar Akbar, probably Gary Hart, too. A bunch of great managers. What would you put as your top four managers of all time? Well, you just named three of them. <laughs> I, I like Humperdinck, too. Let me tell you a story about Akbar. Can I tell you a great story about Akbar? I Act? love Akbar, yeah. Go ahead. You know, Ak really gave me my first break in the business. He was booking for Lee Robert Girk in Oklahoma. So I, I go out and I do an angle with him. And Ak was the manager of Jerry Brown and Ron McFarland, the Hollywood Blondes at that time. So if I win, I get a match with Akbar next week. All right. <laughs> We're in Oklahoma City, and Akbar gets in the ring and he's standing in front of me. You know, he's doing his thing. And I, oh, you know how Ak is. He moves slow. And, uh, and, and all of a sudden, this son of a bitch jumped five feet in the air, 
and he screamed so loud. It hell, it damn near steered me. When he hit, he turned around. He had a big dart stuck in his ass. That long. <laughs> Whoever threw that dart was a was a world champion. They threw a dart and hit him right there in the ass with that son of a gun. But no, the matters is, sir. Yeah, bullseye. You, yes, I'm telling. If it had missed, it'd probably hit me. <laughs> but it, I loved, you know, you had a lot of great managers in this business. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I had the case of Saul Weingroff. You remember him? Yeah, I uh, remember Jordan, Saul. Yeah, Saul was a great one. And uh, Hopper Dick, guys, all these guys were, I, 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 I liked them all. And it's just like, I've been asked who's some of the greatest you've been in the ring with. At my time, all of them were great. They just had different styles. Uh, and what made me, and I think, and it's like I said earlier, I would watch everybody work and I know what they do because as me being a baby face, when I wrestled Bobby Eaton, it had to be a whole different match when I wrestled Abdullah the Butcher, you see, and that's what the kids don't get these days. Uh, I can't really pick the best managers, Johnny, cause they all were great. Well, can you pick this? Uh, how about uh, not counting the Rock and Roll Express, the top, say, three to five tag teams of all time? Well, you know, you have to go with the flow. You know, the Hardy Boys, ph- phenomenal. Uh, you know, the Young Bucks. I don't know if you met them guys. They're a hot spot team. But for this day and age, they're perfect to be in it. Uh, I got, the, you know, FTR. I like those guys. They they uh, copied the style of the Andersons, and and it's cool to watch them because they could put a match together pretty good. Uh, after that, what what about all rest times? of them? Suck. They take in take in the seventies with the uh, the Funks and the, the team named the Briscoes. Uh, the Road oh, you talking about all times? All time, yeah. Oh, all times. Well, mm. all the first three I said all suck. <laughs> no. <laughs> no uh no man uh, you know you had you had your briscoes but there was always you know J- jerry and jack were in different territories for me uh all the time uh but it's a sim you know uh I, ivan koloff was a machine you know him and barry dorso they they clicked just like a fine-tuned watch uh if you ever had to work with them and you know and the business was changing, and when Dusty came in, do you do? You, could you imagine how many hour Broadways we did with these guys, and to watch and how Ivan? You see, Ivan never got the credit that he deserved. God, I love. I think him and Barry Dorso were phenomenal. You know, you got Jerry and Jack that started Terry and Dory. Uh, you know, and even though. <laughs> Even though they were crazier than a horse with no neck, the Von Eric brothers, that, you know, for being in Dallas is the craziest. I've never, t- <laughs> since we're talking about, I want to tell this right here. Uh, when Robert and I were the world champions, we went to Dallas to work with their tag team champions, and Flair was on the card working with the Kerry. Uh, they were going to our Broadway, <laughs> and uh, Flair's in the ring, and they done played Carrie's music 47 times. <laughs> and I went out back and he's in his car tapped out. The car's running with the air conditioning on and it's just running. I'm beating on the window. Kate finally, Johnny Mantel wasn't <laughs> the booker. He knocks the window out 
pulls Carrie out. Boy, Carrie, don't, he don't have a clue. <laughs> now, they get his ass to the ring somehow. He goes to lock up with Flair, and he falls straight <laughs> on his face. And I can see, and I, that's the first time I ever seen Flair just really hot about something. And uh, they <laughs> they do something. Finally, Flair just grabs him, throws him over the top rope. And this is how much pull Fritz had. <laughs> Next day in the paper, the modern day warrior with a temperature of 106, 106, you're dead. You hear me? <laughs> a temperature of 106 with the flu. Just for his fans, he went to the ring to be proud of who he is, even though he could, he got beat and all about bullshit. But yeah, hey, there was some, you, you was around him, wasn't you? Yes, yeah. I was. Yeah, I knew. Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, holy yeah. shit! <laughs> but you know what, though, man, they God were they good looking kids. I mean, Kerry, man, he looked like a statue, uh, and loaded with charisma. Just yes. loaded with charisma <laughs> as a rock. You know, uh, you know, Michael Hayes and Terry Gordy. You know, badass man. They were a great tag team. Only thing about Michael is he had no concept that you're beside it. You know, you're talking to him, he'd swing around to slap the shit out of him in the ring, being his partner, you know. <laughs> but uh, the free bird, you know, a lot, a lot of good guys, man. You know, me and myself and Ken Lucas were a great tag team for years in the younger days. But other than that, Johnny, I know you asked me a question. If I didn't answer it, I don't know how to because I love everybody. No, no. Uh, I was watching last night. I was watching uh, one of your matches with the Road Warriors, and uh, man, that, they must have really liked you guys because the the match was real. You finished with like some type of drop kick into a sunset flip. It was all movement, movement, movement. Yeah, the perfect story of the great big tough guys against the small guys fighting underneath. Hey, you damn right. But let can, <laughs> I love this story, and I got to tell it. Uh, we were the top babyface team at Louisiana for Bill Watts. And uh, we got the big show coming. I was working with the Road Warriors. Now, the Road Warriors had that reputation. Bob, I don't know. Uh, I'm back here in the back, and I'm telling Robert, I, says, I mean, damn, dude, this, you know, this is our territory. These guys are coming in just for a show. They're working with us and back and forth. And here I am, and, and you don't chair wrap dressing rooms you know you don't when i first time i ever met joe and mike is when i stepped in the ring what y'all doing I hadn't had the voice holy fuck so a uh, man we're going around and it was uh, terry gordy and michael hay was a four-man team matter of fact and i guess gordy just come back from japan and joe and him was over there and they started the match off huh they were hitting each other sparks were flying off their backs and shit they hitting so hard and all of a sudden Terry Gordy come and tag me. <laughs> I went, holy shit. But I tagged him and, and, and I went to lock up with Joe and he stopped me. He goes, duck the clothesline, hit me with a drop kick and hit Mike with one when he comes in. Right? I'm, I done seen him do all this bullshit and I'm coming in and I'm ready. Blah, blah, blah. And he shot him off. I hit Joe with the drop kick 
he went out over the top rope and I hit Mike and he went over the top rope out on the floor. The people were screaming so loud and I'm standing there with my finger in my ass. Well, you dumb son of a bitch. These guys can work if they want to. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I guess Bill Watts gave him a hell of a payoff. I don't know. He uh, sat on down to talk to him. But I enjoyed working with them. None of the boys ever hurt me. Uh, <clears throat> I had the privilege to working with Randy Savage in Memphis. Uh, when he came there, you know, we were the first ones to ever break a table and it was accident. And the, and the way it got over is Randy just did it. He piled around me on the table and it broke and I wouldn't get up. Randy was telling me, come on, man, we got, I says, no, I'm selling this shit because it's the first time a table had been broke. And it turned into a big angle. <laughs> we made our own angle. Me and Robert did with Randy Savage and Lenny Poffo. And back then we did good business with it just because I sold it. And for everybody that's out there and you don't think selling gets over, I just watched the documentary on AEW with Hogan and Andre. What a hell of a show. Wow. Uh, what got, you know, and what, and, you know, Terry might not have been the, the high flying, but, but that son of a bitch could sell. <laughs> he could sell and, he, and that's what he did. I like that. Uh, even don't matter who you are in this business. I mean, you got, you got to learn, learn just a little bit more than doing a Canadian destroyer. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Johnny, John. Yes, sir. I don't know where you're going, but I just want to tell you, uh, to you and Jerry both, I enjoyed my time with you. I told, hey, Jerry, I told uh, Johnny one time, he hit me with that damn clothesline. <laughs> I, and I told him, that, I said, tonight now, I want you to, that clothesline, hit me with it as hard as you can this time. He said, why? I said, because you're working one's killing me. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> your working one's gonna put me in a fucking hospital yeah. hey uh hey guys uh thank you for letting me be on the show what an opportunity to sit there and see you jerry your icon in our business buddy i'm, I'm telling you I, I uh i had the pleasure to meet you guys when when i was a real young kid i come in to work for crockett i think dory was the booker you know and i just come in to, underneath and this is great. You guys were there and guys treated me nice and uh, I appreciated that. But Dory was a booker and I don't know what happened. I'm, I remember and it really got, this is where I really started getting time. We had 30 minutes left on TV and Dory don't went through the whole TV and I'm just standing there and Dory goes, holy shit, go to the ring. And I went to the ring and met him. Look here. I fought him, Dick Slater, but I was just a young baby. He kept telling me to go on. Everything he called, I was, see, being at the right place at the right time. Boom, boom. It wasn't, huh? Huh? I'm doing it. Bam, ba bam. I come out of the ring. He went, holy shit, kid. You're you're not bad. He says, you want to come into territory? I says, no, sir. I, I just, Jerry Jarrett sent me over here, but I worked for Joe Blanchard. Me and Ken Lucas were a tag team for Joe Blanchard at Southwest Championship Wrestling at that time. And, uh, but Dory never forgot that. You know, hell, I had scissor and all kinds of shit uh, on Crockett's TV. I guess when they did that little TV station over there. But all guys were there because I, I, I never forget that. I mean, it was great because in life, you treat people the way they treat you. And you, was, you and your brother was absolutely, I mean, you was there. You know, uh, 
I think, you know, I told you one time you asked me how long I've been working and, you know, and greener now shit, but, but you'll come along. <laughs> you'll get there. Yeah. And you, you got there. And you got you, there, brother. Yeah. Well, no, I'll never forget that. I'm saying y'all don't remember, but I do. You Well, greener now shit, but it'd he, be all right one day. All right. Ricky, thank, thank you, gentlemen. You so it's a it's a terrific pleasure. It's an honor. For the first day I met you, you're one of the good guys, man. And uh, I told hey, you. I, I, I would say a couple of things on here, but I love you too much. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, you know, too one much. One of these days I'm going to call you and ask you to say them when he's not on the air. <laughs> oh, I got you. We'll, no, we'll burn his ass. <laughs> well, you know, I did a lot of things too, but I done them. I know. Not ashamed to say it. Not ashamed to say it. Hey, and we don't forget my- School of Morton on YouTube, 505 Sunday Eastern time, right? Yeah, please watch it. Just watch it and see what you think. I, you know, I fly in. I get in at 1230. I jump straight in my car, go to my school, and we'll have the show. Because I want to shoot an angle this weekend. You guys might like it. I hadn't been on, it's first time I've been on my TV show. All right? Really? I'm just all right, here's a plug. Here, here's a plug for us right here, JBL. Uh, all right. That's right. That's just it. My first time. Um, first time I shot an angle with me on my on my TV show, and I'm doing oh, it from not because I want to. I can tell you that. 